My chair's on fire. I'm Marlene Vinen in for John Oakley. And what a day this has been. A lot of history in the making. As we said, we wake up in the morning. The judge makes a decision and pushes back against the newly minted premier and his slashing of Toronto Council. And then the premier comes out fighting. Not only is he going to appeal, notwithstanding clause making history in the studio anthony fury is joining me here live anthony's going to be doing the alex pearson show and he just finished an interview with doug ford anthony welcome hey arlene great to be here great to see you wow what a what a story here today and you've just talked to the premier has he said anything else here uh, yes and no. He said some really interesting things, some some in-between remarks. He certainly sees this as something concerning um, the left, and it's very much just their concern, and it's the downtown elites. We hear those phrases a lot. It's the downtown cabal. It's John Tory and his leftist buddies, and they are the only people who care about this issue, and that's why he's not too concerned about doing what he feels he really needs to do to represent uh, the, the several million people. So he sees this as a partisan issue, and it, does he? On one hand, it was a bit confusing. He says, "I respect the rule of law." On the other th- hand, he said, "I'm going to fight it and use the notwithstanding clause a couple of times." It's very interesting because, as you know, Arlene, this is unprecedented, but it mm-hmm. is still following the processes of the rule of law. He's saying we're appealing. And we're doing the notwithstanding clause. So there we have it. I mean, we have, I I quoted Peter Worthington earlier, who used to tell me so often, what's the point of having power if you're not going to use it here? You got it. Did Doug, do we have any idea that he was a bit trepidatious about this? Was he wary about making this move? No, No. not one bit. (laughs) Actually, one thing I asked him about when I was up at the cottage in Creamore, Ontario, there's Mm -hmm. a letter to the editor where someone Mm -hmm. says... I want him to do this here. I want this to happen in, in pretty much every community in Ontario. Okay, very quick. I knew we we're going to throw to a little bit of your interview here, but he can do it anyway, Anthony. I've been having this discussion here. He's got the power. I agree with him. First job he ever had. It's dysfunctional. A lot of, lot of counselors. On the other hand, why does he care? Is he using too much political capital here for one city? You know, maybe in Creemore. We, we know you mentioned the word Toronto and other parts of Ontario. They're like, forget about it. They think they're great. Here's a pre you're focusing on the city. Well, it, it is a very good, perhaps, optics for people in everywhere outside of Toronto who are frustrated with Toronto being uh, mm-hmm. the center of the universe to see downtown Torontonians blowing their brains out. <laughs> it's almost good for him uh, electorally. Uh, one thing I do think is interesting, has he like, overextended his political capital? He's fighting, and he talked to, to me about the refugees issue, too. He's doing his provincial job, he's fighting the feds, and he's fighting the city. This is a war on three fronts. You got what a day. Anthony Fury just off the phone with Premier Doug Ford. We're going to run a little excerpt of that the full interview is going to run on Alex Pearson's show. Here's how it sounded. Premier, what do you say to all those people who are saying, well, well, you're making all these interesting points, but they're all about Toronto municipal issues. You're the Premier of Ontario, and and I'm hearing folks out there say this is actually just Doug Ford doing a personal vendetta against John Tory and and the other downtown elite city councillors that you never got along with in the first place, and they wish that you would stick to the provincial matters. How do you respond to that? Well, let's let's just uh, back up for a second. Toronto is the engine of Ontario, and so is the GTA. And if we don't have uh, Toronto and GTA uh, working properly when it comes to trans- transit, getting goods from point A to point B, uh, we're going to have a, a big problem. Uh, this gridlock costs uh, Toronto and the province of Ontario billions and billions of dollars uh, every single year. Uh, the housing crisis. Uh, is all everyone that are crossing the border illegally, guess where they're coming? They're coming to Toronto. They aren't coming anywhere else. They're coming to Toronto, 28,000 of them. And uh, 
John Tory solution is to put up tents and put them in people's backyards and literally large tents that can fit 100 families and put them on the, the corner of streets. That's concerning. That is that is really concerning that we're in this situation and nothing's getting done uh, under under John Tory's watch. I, I was up at the cottage at a, at a spot, Creamer, Ontario, and the local paper, someone said, I wish Doug Ford would come and do this to my municipality. Do you have any plans to not just back away from this, as the judge would like you to do, but double down, perhaps bring this to other parts of Ontario? Well, right now, we, we said we're going to focus on this. Uh, I've had numerous calls from uh, Ottawa. I'll tell you, Ottawa, I don't know what's going on out in Ottawa, but I'm getting endless calls uh, from the Ottawa region. Uh, as a matter of fact, I've been getting calls uh, all over the province. And uh, we've, we've made uh, a lot of decisions over the years politically, and I've never made a decision that was so popular than this decision. And, uh, again, it's uh, within the Constitution. We're following the Constitution, because if it wasn't in the Constitution, we wouldn't be doing it. And uh, I, I just wish, uh, you know, the courts would focus on uh, other areas than, uh, you know, changing a democratically elected government to uh, fulfill their mandate. That, that's, that's what's very concerning to me. There we have Anthony Fury interviewing Premier Doug Ford, and we just brought you a little excerpt. That full interview is going to run on Alex Pearson's show after this in the next hour. And what a day it's been. We're going to continue with our reaction. We've been everywhere with everyone. And now let's talk about what they're saying down at City Hall. Councillor Stephen Holliday is joining me, the Deputy Mayor, Ward 3, Etobicoke Centre. Stephen Holliday, welcome. Thank you for being here. Hi, good evening, Arlene. Great to be on the show. Hey, Stephen, what do you make of this day? It's history. Is it the right thing the Premier has done here? Uh, it sure is an exciting day. It started quite early this morning, and uh, by 8 o'clock, uh, the world had changed. And I think a lot of people were taken by surprise by the judge's ruling, uh, including myself. Uh, but as the day went on, uh, I had that suspicion that the Premier was not going to be taking this sitting down. Uh, there was more to the story, and here we have it by the end of the day. Uh, we are sort of right back where we started. Um, I have had this tremendous concern that if uh, Bill Fye was overturned, that that would be a great concern for the city of Toronto as well. You know, I've been out campaigning and talking to a lot of people, knocking on doors mm-hmm. and trying to get a sense on, what's peop- on what's people's, what are on people's minds. And I would say overwhelmingly, people support the idea of a smaller council, at least out in Ward 2. I understand uh, that, Stephen. If I can just yeah. interject here, and this is one of the the conversations we've been having here. Sure. A lot of people support it. On the other hand, you have the Premier saying he supports the rule of law. Is the process important here? How can you do both? Well, the process is important, and uh, there's no doubt there's a lot of people that are concerned at the speed and uh, way that this was put in. But once you talk about what things are like at City Council, and why the risk of an unsettled time in the future is is very bad. Think about it. If we didn't have this dealt with before the next election, what would the next term be like? Councillors would be stabbing each other in the back trying to find ways to promote themselves because they know that the change would be coming in a longer term. So I'm really glad that the Premier's found a way to get this settled for the next election, and that's what's important. Were you worried about the non-withstanding clause? I understand there is some reporting that inside that meeting that the Premier had some MPPs who thought, hey, hang on a minute, maybe we shouldn't take this big move. Well, there is something to be said about that. It has to make it through the legislature. The the Premier is not the 
single control of everything. It is an elected body. It is a caucus. But enough people in that caucus or the entire caucus has to agree that this is the right thing to do. So my suspicion is they've looked at the bigger picture. They've also had the benefit of uh, many lawyers and experts to give them advice on this and, and nonpartisan advice about what is legal and what is not. Uh, the benefit advice that, that you and I may not have. All right, you know, the moving moving forward in this power and everybody can play it. Can the federal government intervene here? There is also a move by John Tory. The mayor said he might ask the feds what they can do. We're heading into no man's land here, Steve, and we could end up miles from here. Well, and maybe that's the worry. Uh, I think uh, people need to have confidence in their government. They need to understand that the election is going to work, that uh, the results aren't going to be contested, that there aren't going to be mistakes made because we keep flip-flopping back and forth. This just has to be settled. And I thought we had things stable with the passage of Bill 5 and the campaigns were rolling along. And here we have it, another another turn in the road. Um, hopefully it will straighten itself out once again by the end of the week. All right. What else is the finally, let me ask you, Stephen, as we look at council, as you said, you know, that if they wait, perhaps the councillors are going to be stabbing each other in the back. Is it all going to be quiet and pacified if it just moved forward in such a hurried way? Well, uh, I think it comes around to the election and the timing of things. And if you back up, you know, one of the concerns that a lot of people have brought up is, is why did this have to happen so fast? Well, uh, this government only came into power in June and uh, got the uh, the wheels rolling, and it looks like they took the first opportunity that they could to make a change, knowing that the election was coming up in October. So uh, you either do it at this time frame, or maybe you don't do it at all. Okay. And uh, that's, a, that's a deep question, but uh, I am glad that uh, it's been done. I support a smaller council, and here we are uh, looking for some stability once again. Councillor Stephen Holliday, Deputy Mayor, Ward 3, Etobicoke Centre. Thank you for joining us. We really Thank appreciate you. you. Your input. All right. We are on a tear here. We're going to get another point of view with conservative strategist thinks, yeah, there may be a lot of support for this move by the premier, but is it wise for him to spend that popularity right now? They call it political capital. We're going to get into it right after this. I'm Arlene Bunn and in for John Oakley on this crazy historic day. And this is Global News Radio 640 Toronto.